Hello and welcome. I'm Christina Irvin, leader of Team Clarity. I got sick and tired of blowing money on trainings and coaches giving me advice that just weren't helping me move past my blocks and be successful in my business and shine the light that I was created to shine in my life. So I made a decision. Are you ready to make a decision? Would you like to stop blocking your own path to success and fulfillment? Maybe you want to gain the confidence to overcome life challenges yourself. You are in the right place if so. We welcome you to listen to this week's discussion. Did you miss a week? You can always listen to our prior shows at bit.ly forward slash pay radio. To get one reminder of our next show, click on the follow button at the top of the page. It's time to dive in and let's get to work. Let's meet the rest of the team. Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is Julia Cologne from the city that never sleeps, New York City. Hello, this is Chelsea Wells from the mountains of Tennessee. Have a blessed day. Hello, and welcome from the gorgeous state of Wisconsin. This is Patty Anderson. Hi, this is Marcia Sortino, and I'm in Boston, Massachusetts. Aloha, and welcome. You're listening to Soul, your host for Pay Me What I'm Worth Talk Radio. Team Clarity members share their class time with us for two main reasons. Reason number one, they want those they hold near and dear to know about the changes that they're making on multiple levels. As they change, by listening to these classes, people who know Team Clarity members may opt to change along with them. Reason number two, to share their stories with you. I bet their stories and life lessons will inspire all sorts of ahas for you too. Okay, time to start the class. I think today it's important that we take a trip down memory lane. What do you think? Okay, I'm good with that. Me too. Me three. Right at the beginning of Chapter 4, I ask you a point blank question. Got time or money, which is more lucky to have. There's our question. There's our reality check. Thoughts? I say time. I'm going to say time. Absolutely time. 100% time. I'm going to say both. (laughs) I need both. (laughs) Do you think, though, Marcia, with time, you can earn that money? Yes. Right, right, absolutely. You can always make more money but you can never create more time. We all have the same amount of time in one day, which is 24 hours. It's a matter of what we do with that time. Much like sun helps a flower to blossom, a fruit to ripen, time ripens knowledge into wisdom. What do I mean by that? It's just like the lessons that I've learned in this book so far. It's kind of crazy, but it seems like now chapter one nuggets are starting to pop up. Chapter two nuggets have been popping up to me, but there's more uh, understanding to them. So you can learn something, gain knowledge on an, on an awareness level, but to really get it in you for that, to, for that seed to be watered and nurtured to grow, it takes time. And then it matures. 
Yes, I agree with Christina. And also it mentions that in Chapter 4 that time helps you make meaning of things and also it helps with a healing process. And you have to question whether money can do that for you. Or for me, it hasn't. Money doesn't heal me. I do need time to heal from wounds and to go through and, and see what has happened. So money obviously cannot do that for me. That is so true, Julia. When I thought about this, I thought about losing my mom to be five years in August. So working with that grief, I knew that I had lost something great. And it has taken, right at five years, it has taken that time for me to learn the lessons that I needed to learn from that loss that have become parts of my wisdom bank. It has taken me this long to, this amount of time remotely to be okay. I've lost my mom. It's been six years since June 20th would have made her sixth year. And I can honestly say that even as the time has passed, it doesn't take away the missing her or it, it just, the pain is still there. But what, how do you deal with it? Well, what time does it changes the wound into something that you're able to get up every morning and go on? I'm going to speak from my own experience. The pain has not gone away. I deal with it because there's other responsibilities that I have, like to take care of my daughter and my family and so forth. There are things that I have to do, but it does not take away the pain of not having her. No, I'm still grieving Uh, even to this day. You know, that, that saying, time heals all, I've questioned that many, many times because it, in my life it's taken me a long time to move past things. I know yeah. that time helps us deal with things. I know that time, in some ways, time helps us heal. It doesn't take away memories, which is a great thing because we can hold on to the memories, but it also gives us the opportunity and the time to move forward and move on and do better things with that saying, time heals all wounds, is it possible that there's an interpretation and an attachment of expectation? Because okay. healing, the healing is a relative thing. And there's a difference between healing and removing. Yes? Yes. 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 When we were taught grief and loss in school, we were taught Kubler-Ross, that you go through these stages. That's a bunch of baloney because there are no stages because you're here and you're there and one day you're doing pretty good and the next day you're just devastated again and the timeline is so different for everyone expectations are that you're going to go through these stages and you're going to be okay it's not true for everyone this might be a good opportunity for us to go back because we talked about taking a trip down memory lane here. What were some important concepts that we learned in the ground rules? I remember the guilt, the shame, and the worry. When we're going through something that traumatic, such as losing your mom, that society says that you need to behave a certain way. And when you don't fit into that, you worry that people are going to think, number one, that you're crazy. That I know I worried about that because I was pretty crazy there for a while. The things that we put on ourselves. That's a good point. Now let's talk about how the ground rules have changed for changed the way that you're thinking and you're feeling today. For me, today, 
I just feel so much more confident in actually speaking to people and getting into action. That's really helped me because now I have this goal where I want to start my own team. So if I want to do that, I've got to get going, right? I've got to talk to people. I can't wait around because we've got a deadline. And it's really gotten me to take that action because I'm so inspired by this that I want to take that action. That's really helped me not to worry. Basically, the, all the ground rules that we have, no worrying, just seem to get into action more. And I tell myself, get going. We only have so much time. Let's do this. So. Yeah, I think that you just hit the nail on the head. That was one of the biggest things that I was thinking about when, with the ground rules, ground rule number three. It's my responsibility to balance yeah. my thinking with my doing. Mm-hmm. Now that we've matured a bit and we are more conscious about these ground rules, I know for myself, I'm just as conscious about balancing my doing, my word being my deed, as I am about the surface knowledge of or consciousness of whatever I'm experiencing in that moment. It's like, am I actually taking this in and am I judging this? Am I condemning this? Am I adding expectation to this? Am I acting out of obligation because I'm worried about what somebody's going to feel in response to it? These are all things that have been just tsunamiing me uh, for the last few weeks. Oh, boy, Christina, that's a big one. For the last few weeks, I can't relate to what you're saying. I could. I've come across some issues where things were just not feeling right for me. Not at all. And I just had to speak out, and I've had to make decisions that now I'm at a point where I'm like, did I make the right decision? And I go back and I say it wasn't, I wasn't feeling right at the moment. I just, and it says in the book, if it doesn't feel right, I think it's pressure-free is what in the book is called. If it's not feeling right, I feel like I should not engage in that type of activity. So I've had to make decisions that I feel would benefit me in the long run. So I'm giving you virtual pound on that because understanding that something feels right or doesn't feel right is very important. And I think it's also important to be be really, because there's a thin line there, right, when you are doing something that doesn't feel right. Because let's face it, we've got all kinds of years of negative chatter going on inside of us and, and harmful beliefs developing inside us, right? So literally the not feel good point, it's real close. Like it's real simple to not feel good. A lot of things are not going to feel good. So there's a balance between things not feeling good. And I, this has been something I've had to tell myself lately because it's been, a, it's been, oh, no, this doesn't feel good. Shut it down. Hit rewind. Back it up. Pause it. Because this doesn't feel good right now. I'm not going to do this. And then I have to have that moment of conversation with myself and say, Christina, are you leveraging this knowledge that you've learned when you read that chapter of doing things only when it feels good to really give myself a little bit of a pass when not pushing a little bit further? I don't know where – it's hard to judge where that thin line is. And I open it up to Marsha, Chelsea, Patty, Julia, everybody to chime in on this. 
let's take a little temperature test on this. Where's that thin line between this doesn't feel good in the moment, but am I using that as a way to let myself off the hook? I can relate this to an incident at work yesterday. I am a very empathic person. I've gone through stages in my life where I've shied away from it, really locked it away, and not feel the empathic feelings and what I call my soul voice that would tell me, you need to go do this, you need to talk to this person, kind of lock that away. What I have noticed through this journey for me is that my empathic abilities are just, I mean, wide open. So yesterday at work, I worked with a girl who has, it's called Hay, and it's hereditary angioedema, and it's a very rare disease. She really struggles with it, and in any moment she can start swelling her throat, her tongue, and cut off her airway. So she's always on high alert. So we're in a meeting yesterday, and I look over at her, and the, my voice said, you need to pray for her. You need to go and see she's okay and pray for her. In a group of people who you would think, okay, they're going to think you've lost your mind, sometimes you don't do those things because of what others may think. But it, the feeling was so strong that when the meeting was is over, it you I was, or is, is it you or other people? Yes. Are, we, are you wagging the finger? Yes. yes it, Perhaps I worry that people will go, oh, Chelsea's lost her mind. But what I found in this journey that I don't really think about that anymore. I got up, I went to her, I put my hand on her throat on the side that was calling me, and she said, Chelsea, am I okay? (laughs) And I said, yes, baby, you're okay. I said, but I just felt led to pray for you and to let you know that I'm always praying for you as I laid my hand on her. And, yeah, people looked at me kind of funny, but it really touched her because she was starting to have problems that day with her swelling. So this journey for me has really released any doubts and fears that I need to listen to my voice and do what it tells me to do. Well, that's a powerful, great example of understanding that moment of this doesn't really feel the best because people might be judging me to just pushing past that, recognizing what what needed to be done in that moment. That's powerful. Anybody else got any examples? For the past week, I've been struggling with a, a lot of issues, and I, once again, I had to make decisions and so forth, and I had to really reflect on myself as a person and what it is that I want to do. And I realized that my purpose for starting my business, what was that for? What was it that was making me happy? What was it that gave me the strength to go out and do what I was doing? And I realized that my strength, my strength came from the gospel. And I look back at my work and I seem to have lost myself in that process. So what I've done is I've taken the last three days to just meditate and to go back into the gospel and go to church and do the things that I need to do because I'm telling you, that is what inspires me to do what I do. And I found myself going and doing what other people 
thought was good or what I should do. And that's when I say that it wasn't feeling right. Something was just not feeling right. What feels right to me is to inspire other women through the word of the gospel because that is what inspired me. That's, I have to do this. That's what feels right to me. The gospel is what, what got me through, take care of my mother, to go through preparing for her death, giving her everything she wanted, even down to the color of her lipstick. She told me everything she wanted. This is not something I could have done by myself. And through the grace of God, I was able to have the strength to do that. Reconnecting with that is so powerful. Yeah, it is. It, it so truly powerful. is. I think what's been happening and changing for me is that I'm starting to find more of a voice. Because I do have people in my life, especially Facebook, that want to take my time, want to always be calling me, and I've had to find that voice. And I've had to say to them, look, I'm working right now. I have things I'm doing. Honestly, I just don't have the time to listen to all the drama in your life anymore. I really don't. I'm moving on. I'm going past all this chit-chat and this stuff that everybody wants to bring into my life. And I finally found that little voice, and it's growing. It's getting bigger because I am focusing on what I need to do for myself, giving myself time. Amen. I think that is like I'm giving you virtual fist bump here, Marcia, that kind of carries us forward because we went back to the ground rules and now we're carrying forward. And we're talking about that discounting of ourselves and therefore allowing others to discount us as well. Am I correct in saying that now what you've recognized is you've discounted yourself so much that now other people don't value your time. So is this, does this mean that it's time now, Marcia, to, to say – I'm working right now, however, here's my calendar, and these are the scheduled hours that you can schedule some time, and you can go to this page right here to see how much that costs per hour. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, that's the way it should be, because if you don't do that, you don't get your work done, you, don't, you lose your focus, and you let everybody come into your life that wants to just take your time, which is very precious at this point for me. It's precious. And I need to move forward. I do not need to be stuck in somebody else's drama. And is it fair to say, Marcia, that those very same people, if they were to go to someone, say, that they deemed was worthy of of that money and that time of theirs, that they would pay for it gratefully. They would sit on someone else's couch who had a, a Ph.D. or something on the wall, and they would pay them crazy amounts of money for probably much less value exactly. in a heartbeat. Is that fair to say? Exactly, yes, that's very fair to say. And I know that they would. And so knowing that they would, well, you know what? I also have some worth now, and I'm just recognizing it. And my time's valuable, and so is our coaching. My coaching is. That's all these people want to call me for is to get my opinion, my coaching. And I'm recognizing that now. Whereas before, I didn't recognize that that's what I was doing. So I'm and I'm resonating grateful. with you. I'm sorry. 
I'm resonating with you because I've recognized in preparation for reading this chapter, going into this chapter, and knowing I'm going to have to start looking at some of my patterns. You know, I have recognized that pattern in myself to be a the hero. I've spoken about it all the way throughout this journey. I'm the hero. I'm the hero in my family. I'm the hero with my friends business associates, I become that hero. I become that person that they call on to get all kinds of free, great nuggets. And it's not about, let's put this, let's frame it a little bit, because it's not just about the money here. It's not so much the money that is the most important thing for me, what I've recognized. But it's that I am now recognizing how often I give, I'm sitting there with a depleted cup, trying to muster up a little bit more to give so much more because I'm always giving. I don't get to receive, but I've got to own that I initiated this. I set this precedence. And I've somewhat gone out looking for it because, well, heck, let's just talk about it. Let's just keep it real and put it on the table. There's some ego in that, right? Because my ego is fed a little bit when I think, oh, I see somebody over there hurting, or I see somebody doing some crazy stuff in their business that I can help them with with some knowledge that I've just learned. Yeah, now let's not consider the fact that, Christina, you spent 10 hours and how many thousands of dollars to get that knowledge from someone who is more seasoned and more expert. And now you're just going to go give it, just run over there and save the day for someone who, in turn, doesn't even take action on it. Exactly. I initiated devaluing myself, so why the hell am I mad that they've devalued me too? Yes? Yes. Patty, you got you I'm curious what you're thinking right now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> thinking about our conversation the other day, I'm my mind is just like, Wow, am I using this to let myself off the hook? It's like <laughs> there's a, you know what, there's a whole lot going through my mind right now. The excuses that I've made and the things that I've allowed to keep me from being on these calls, to take this course more seriously, to make better changes in my life. I've been at a a point in my life the last few months where it's just like, what is my purpose here? Sometimes I feel like I'm just, I'm a wasted space on this earth because I'm not serving any purpose. I mean, I work with the homeless. I do certain things, but that's that's not my real my real true thing that I really really want to do is help women and children change their lives and rise up out of abuse that I came from. Keep using everything that's happened to me, wow, as a way to let me off the hook to really get myself to move forward. I keep making those excuses and listening to you all today. I mean, it's just like, wow. Is it fair to say that you've established that pattern of looking for an excuse, whether it be your work, whether it be your childhood, the crap that you went through in your adulthood, is what, whatever it is, is it fair to say that you have a pattern of going to look for the excuse to let you off the hook? Absolutely. 100% absolutely. Okay, when you're in the process of exploring and finding a purpose, for me the lessons I've learned in the journey to get to where I think I may have found my purpose, that part is just as important. Some parts of that is realizing what you're doing as far as making excuses for yourself. Mm -hmm. 
It's an important part. And boy, I've been making a lot of them. <laughs> the nice thing about it, though, is I can recognize it. I have the ability to change it. Exactly. You said some good words there, Patty, but the ability and taking the action and the ownership to change it, those are two different things. Yep. yep. I, I, I mean, I'm, let's keep it real today, right? Absolutely. That's what we're about, right? We're here to keep it real. I wanted to let that sink in because I don't want to pay lip service to the importance of balancing the action with what your consciousness is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Christina, I'm, I got off the phone with you the other night, and I kind of replayed that conversation in my mind over and over these last couple of days. And I more or less just really listened to myself and the things that I said to you. It's like, you know, who are you kidding? <laughs> That's basically what I said to myself. Who are you kidding, and why are you making these excuses? You have the ability to do the things that you need to do. It's not a matter of could I, would I, should I. It's a matter of will I. Mm-hmm. That's a great entry into really where the, the resolution in that is. Mm-hmm. It's called the chaos committee. So you talked about a chaos committee. What is that? Committee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And cue the laugh. I keep beating myself. I'm sorry, but that's the way it is. Well, let's dive into that, Patty. What's that? All right, folks. The ground rules were put out there for a reason. And the reason is I know that doubt, guilt, shame, and worry are so corrosive and they're planted in us well before we're even conscious of it. Right, and it's right. imperative, absolutely imperative, that while we're on this journey together, doubt, guilt, shame, and worry have no space in our time because they will suck it up like a virus. They will suck it up like a fever. They feed, they, they nurture, they mother what I call the chaos committee. Now, if you recall... In our prior conversations, we've talked about our internal mind chatter. And that internal mind chatter is largely based on internal what's. I'll kick it off with the judge. Who else is on the chaos committee inside us? I am. The perfectionist one of the things have to say, it's, and, it's, and I know I convince cool. myself of it, but I have always, always, every day, I've got that damn negative self-talk going on. A lot of days I ask, how do I get a handle on this? How do I change this? And it's just that question right there that I ask myself, how do I change it? And I keep going and going and going and going on with it. Well, this and the this and the this, you know, those voices going on and on and on. It's like, if you want to change it, Shut the hell up. <laughs> Stop Wrong. to yourself. Wrong. Whenever we cut something, whenever we force a stop, whenever we slam on the brakes, what's the counteraction to that, folks? 
whatever you're trying to hush up and mute out actually intensifies. Ain't that right, Chelsea Wells? It comes back at you 100%. I agree. It's just like in the... All these exercises, especially the beginning of the exercises, did not want to challenge myself because I didn't want to go back and face things that were bringing up an emotion of me that was very fearful, and I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't. It was a big challenge for me, and I still face it to this day. It was something that I just couldn't shut down because I know that in the future, is going to resurface again if I don't deal with this. So our internal critic, our internal judge, our internal perfectionist, our internal controller, our chaos committee, needs, wants, and craves, must have doubt, guilt, shame, and worry to survive. True or false? True. Amen, amen, amen. How's that old saying go? Starve a cold, feed a fever? Yep. Mm-hmm. What do I mean by that? Rather than trying to just mute that chaos committee, now I get it, so I'm having a big aha light bulb. <laughs> Rather than trying to, to mute them, we've got to, I've, I've got to give them a place where they still feel validated and heard, so to speak, they still have a job to do, they think. It's kind of like, well, when you want the kid to be quiet until you hand them the remote or you give them a game, is it kind of the same kind of thing? Are we talking to yourself? Yes. Patty, to answer your question, your ego feels abandoned when you tell it to shut up. When we tell our chaos committee to shut up, go away, our chaos committee resounds with, how dare you? Uh How dare you? I've taken care of you all your bloody life. How dare you dismiss me? Right? Right, and it's like it almost gets louder. You keep hearing it, and you keep telling yourself and hearing it and telling yourself, and it's, it's yeah. <laughs> I'm so grateful that I was able to be here on this call today. <laughs> so here's a homework assignment, just in case you haven't had enough. <laughs> Give it to me, soul. <laughs> I need it. One of the things that I do when I sense something inside of me is feeling abandoned is I help that abandoned part of me go, hey, no, 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 we've got a job upgrade. So I tell my judge, look, you no longer really need to be a judge. Thank you for being a judge. You've been a great judge. You're an awesome judge. I love the fact that what you've done is helped me get to where I'm at, and I genuinely feel it. It's not a bunch of BS. But I tell my judge, guess what? There's a new job. I'm being promoted and, and I want to take you with me. And so, Judge, in order for you to come with me, I need you to be a diplomat. Here's the job description for diplomat. So, Judge, let's have a conversation about how I can promote you to diplomat. Now, critic, again, I'm being promoted. And, again, thank you for helping me 
see the gift of perspective more often in a negative way, but in order for you to come along with me and join the judge that's turning into a diplomat, I need you to become an ambassador. Here's the job description for an ambassador. Let's talk about your job promotion. Feel your energies right now, ladies. Feel your energies right now being promoted from lack to abundance because you're beginning to tap in possibly for the very first time how much you honestly have right now inside you right now. There's no other person you need to tend to no matter how dire the consequences are. You take care of you. Feel what you have right now. That is awesome. Good stats. Our journey so far, I've asked you to wake up to what you have right now. True or false? True. 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 What is that doing for you? It's making me see my worth even clearer, even more so, that I do have that worth. And even on this journey, as I'm still in discovering, I feel more and more worthy of the fact that I am worth it. I feel the changes, and it feels really good. For me, Saul, it's just an aha moment just now. I recognize that I have allowed my chaos committee to have such presence in my life because they were my protectors. They were my protectors from pain and disappointment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yes. now in this moment, waking up to that energy, I recognize I don't need them to protect me. My discernment is okay. My value is there. I can set healthy boundaries to protect myself without the chaos. Again, my face is all wrinkled up, smiling eye to eye. Ladies, is it fair to say that you are now beginning to see that you have been, are, and always will be worth it. Yes. 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 Amen. Absolutely. Who has you know, a story I... of a time okay. where you lost, you thought you lost something, something very precious to you? Who has a story about you found it? Who can share that story of that moment of when you found something you thought you lost that was really precious to you and then you found it and go back into that moment and share that story I remember there was a picture my mom had showed me when we were all I mean all my brothers because I have four brothers and I have a twin brother and I'm I'm the youngest and I'm the only girl and I remember this picture my husband a few weeks ago went into the storage and with pictures of 
back years and years that I've had. And I was going through the pictures, and I found pictures, and my daughter's going to be 22. And I found pictures of her when she was a baby. And I remember this one picture that she had. She must have been about four months old, and she had her tongue sticking out, and she had these big piercing blue eyes, and she had this little, little tiny bit of black hair with a black bow. I remember that picture. I couldn't believe that, that it was there, that I had it. I was in possession of it again. But the most important picture was the one that my mother has showed me. And this was a picture. She must have been, my goodness, in her 20s. And she had all of us. And there was myself and my twin brothers, and I can tell each of us apart through our smiles. And I found this picture. I couldn't believe it. And it's yellow, and I'm trying to find a way how can I get it redone so it can not be so faded, and I could just take it and blow it up and just put it on the wall. But to have that picture, we're talking, oof, over, my God, 40 years, that was a lot to consume. And I take such pride in that picture because we were all little and innocent, and we didn't, time wasn't of the essence to us. We didn't even know what time was. We were just enjoying our lives. When we encounter those moments where we find something that we thought we lost forever, isn't there a rush of fulfillment, of peace, of joy? I wish for each of you to feel that, as you find yourself, as you find yourself, as you awaken up to something that's always been there. It's like I always say, The stars are always in the sky, even during the day. It's just that the sun has brightened the sky that we can't see the stars, right? Yeah. Right. Each of you are stars. However, doubt, guilt, shame, and worry fed by the Chaos Committee darkens your sky to the point that you can't even see your own starlight. It's up to you to decide whether or not you want to see your own starlight. I can't do that for you. So part of our timeline is I need to bring you up into the heavens. Part of our chapter four is I need to bring you above the mountaintops. I need to bring you into an awareness of where you've been from the mountaintop view. And is it safe to say, Patty, that if your chaos committee is in control, if you climb up to that mountaintop, all you're going to see is clouds? Yes, it is very safe to say this. Is it safe to say, Julia, that if you climb up to that mountaintop and you cannot see the people on the street you'll begin to wonder what your meaning is all about? Yes. We need to balance the journey that we've been on between being so close to the bark on the tree in our forest. I've purposefully asked you to go count your trees and your rocks and your streams. I've purposefully asked you to go out and count and assess your ability to see, touch, hear, smell, taste, love, give, 
receive intimately. We now have to take that journey up the mountain. And we have to be able to take that journey with a clear conscience that when the chaos committee goes, oh, you idiot, you don't have time for this. What the hell is wrong with you? You've got this and this and this. Just shut up, put the book away, get back to work. Pretty much that's been the story I've told myself these last couple of months. And that's something that you would say that right out. <laughs> and you choose to listen. Yes, I have. Absolutely I have. And we all do in our own unique ways. Now, Patty, what you can do is you can thank those voices and say, you know what, you're absolutely correct. You're fired. Yeah. You're coming along for the ride. You're not done. It's up to you to decide how soon you want to evolve into the role of ambassador, diplomat. It's up to you to decide, but you're coming along. And here's how we're going to do it. Patty, when you were raising your children and you had a particular child absolutely headstrong on doing something that you know would harm itself, what did you do? I did my very best to talk with him, discipline him, ground him, show him the things that was going to happen, like it was going to get him sent to jail, and and of course it did. He's still very headstrong and doesn't have his life together. I looked at myself as a failure as a mother as well. Apply this to yourself now. Hmm. First, I looked at myself. In some you are case. not a failure. Period. Yeah. That's powerful. Wow. Who on this call no, wants I'm to... Not. No, I'm yeah. not a failure. I'm standing here today because of the experiences I've gone through in my life, and I've made it through. You Absolutely. have. I've made it through. <laughs> there was a time where he grew up doing things that I didn't agree with, and I felt like mm-hmm. I failed him as a mom. Uh, some of the things he said to me also played a role in that, but... I take them one at a time, and I dealt with that issue with him the way I was feeling, and I've come to terms that this is, I need to respect him, this is what he's chosen for his life, and I can't, I can't carry that. I can't carry that guilt, or this is his life. He's 25 years old. And I'm not going to break down or continue to cry and blame myself because I saw myself getting sick over the process. I was really getting sick, and I was getting depressed, and I just couldn't make sense of how, this, how our relationship ended up. But I realized that I did the best that I did, and the choices that he made has nothing to do with me because I don't live that life he lives. And I come to terms with that, and yeah. I accept and I was able to move on and deal with other stuff that came up. This is something my pastor keeps going over and over and over with me. He makes his choices. He's a grown adult. With that thought in mind. You can't change him. Pray for him. Patty, Julia, with these thoughts in mind, I beg you both 
to practice the compassion you so readily give to everybody else on yourselves this week? Ooh, that's a hell of an assignment. (laughs) I don't practice compassion on myself. That's a hell of an assignment. Ooh. It's part of loving yourself. Okay. What do you need, Julia? What do you need, Patty, as far as permission to do that? Yeah. I need time. Time, I've just come to the realization this has been a rough week for me emotionally, and I just need time to just meditate and just relax my mind. I don't like the chaos. I don't like the worry. I don't like the guilt. And I felt that this was a week where I was just fighting and worrying and it doesn't mean mm-hmm. I I give up. Personally, when I find myself in this situation, I need to move myself out of the equation and take care of myself mentally in order to deal with these issues. And I think for me, it would be more of a question as to where do you start and how do you do it when you've never, you've never allowed yourself to feel compassion for yourself. You've always walked through life through yourself up and blaming yourself for things. Where do you start? How do you do it? Ah, okay. I've always beat myself up and basically all my life I've ridiculed myself. I've blamed myself for everything that has happened. So where do I begin? Ladies, this has been a very great discussion. It's been very deep, a lot of intense Feelings and emotions have come out. Take a quick moment. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. Let's do one more. Yeah. Question is, how how am I going to give myself compassion? How am I going to balance my thinking with my doing? Remember, uh, my devaluing myself is the start of the world devaluing me. Right. And as I listen and I feel this today, I realize, really, (laughs) I can't tell you how grateful I am to be here today, but you know what, did this really shows me how I have allowed other people to devalue me because I've never seen the value in myself. I've never allowed myself to. And, Patty, you just took your first step Wow! in finding compassion for yourself and loving yourself more. You know what? And I'm standing here smiling right now, <laughs> kind of in tears but smiling. I'm like, wow. I never, I've never seen myself to be able to reach this point, to really recognizing the things that I've been doing to discount myself. Wow. So powerful. Mm -hmm. Wow. Thanks, Team Clarity. (laughs) I'm going to walk into that job that I'm really not enjoying, this new job, with a smile on my face and my head picked up. Wow. 
It's a good place to be. We've done some really good work today. I just want to remind everybody that this chapter, this worth journey that we're getting ready to take, balancing the activity with balancing what what you're learning, what you're thinking, with, with your doing, carry that into this chapter. Carry that into this exercise and do it full out. You want to know the question was how do I begin to give myself compassion? It's in doing this work, and you can start sort of reverse engineering and giving yourself that compassion, recognizing these same patterns that you continue to do over and over, which is in effect, as we learned in the previous chapter, making huge time withdrawals from our wisdom bank is going to be key to that place and that person that you want to be, right? Right. Anybody have any questions or comments before we end? Wow. I just want to say thank you for this call. (sighs) It was wonderful. This has been amazing today, and, you know, I want to share the same gratitude and say thank you. Thank you for continuing me to be with Team Clarity. I know changes and things have to come from me being more present with myself, being more present with the team, being here when I'm supposed to be doing the things that I need to do, and that's got to come from me. Yes, I know this, and you guys are going to see a change in me, and it's not just words. You're going to see a change in me. And just thank you for today. Thank you I for helping me. I look forward to seeing that change. Me. Well, and in the process, in the meantime, on your way to work, reward yourself for what you have done today. You know, I've never let myself do something like this. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, ladies. I love it. I love each of you. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the weekend. I did you adieu. Thank you. Have a great week, everyone. An awesome weekend. Love you, ladies. I'll see you on the blog. Well, that was great. Thanks for listening. As one of many Pay Me What I'm Worth team captains, it's my role to help people get serious about removing blocks to success. Blocks like doubt, guilt, shame, and worry. As you've just heard, our team is both real and serious about being the best that we can be. How about you? Are you ready? Are you ready to remove these blocks in your life? As you can see, I'm very serious about helping you live your life with less stress and more success. Call me at 423-737-5809. Again, that's 423-737-5809 so that we can talk about your next steps. To help you take those steps, you're welcome to listen to our library of over 200 very powerful on-demand shows downloadable just for you at bit.ly forward slash pay radio. And before you go, let's continue this conversation in the comment box below. I look forward to talking with you. You're listening to Christina Irvin, one of the many team captains for Pay Radio, radio worth listening to. Have a great day. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.